0: Some trials may come from day to day, heartache and sorrows may come my way, but nothing can stop me. May form o across the sky to shield the sun and hide its light, but soon they will part, and it won't be long till Christ will shine His light. So. Cool! give me the strength dear lord i'm going on for you i'm going on i'm going on on. how about you do you have that determination that the lord is going to carry you through do you have that desire the strength. Praise his wonderful name. Praise God. depends on what I do? Give me the strength, dear Lord. I'm going on for you. Give me the strength, dear Lord. I'm going on for you. this morning. He's worthy of it all. Let's join Matt and let's sing a chorus of that.
1: When I think about the Lord, how He saved me, how He raised me, how He filled me with the Holy Ghost, how He healed me to go, the, the down, Darrell. Darrell oh, when win. I think about, think about it this morning, what is done for you,
2: what has the blood done for you this morning?
3: A chorus of that with Matt before Nikki sings. Oh, you're worthy of it all. For from you are all things, and to you are all things, you deserve the glory. Oh. Yes, you were. lord for from you are all things and to you are all things you deserve the glory
4: and he's in that place.
5: Next was my Savior from heaven so It's good in the soul and my savior <laughs>
3: among men my example is he the word became flesh and the light shined among us his glory revealed living he loved me dying he saved me buried he carried my sins far away yes and and right justified freely forever one
1: day he's coming
3: oh glorious day oh glorious day oh one day they led him of calvary's mountain one day they say on a tree suffering anguish, despised and rejected bearing our sins my redeemer is he all oh, the hands that healed nations stretched out on a tree they took the nails from me living he loved me Died he saved me buried he carried all oh, my, my sins far away, away. And rising he justified freely forever, forever. one day he's coming oh, oh glorious day oh yes living he, he loved, loved me oh and dying he, he saved me buried sin's far away and rising he justified freely forever one day he's coming oh glorious day oh glorious day one day the grave could Conceal him no longer One day that stone rolled Away from the door And then he arose Over death he had conquered And now is ascended My Lord evermore No death could not hold him And the grave could not keep him from rising again. rising again, oh living, living he loved yes, me. dying, me. he saved me, oh, and buried, he, he carried, carried
1: my sins far away, yes,
3: and rising, he justified. day the trumpet will sound for His coming, One day the skies with His glory will shine, Wonderful day my beloved one bringing, My Savior Jesus is mine. justified freely forever one day he's coming oh
1: glorious
3: day oh glorious day
6: Dang it.
1: and don't
7: begin to deal with me sitting at home this week been fighting my uh, back a little bit I got no complaints I'm just uh, dealing with an old body and uh, I'm going to get better one way or the other if I have to go home I'll get better but I thank God for his grace and his mercy I thank him for his presence here we've got a lot of uh, heartaches going on a lot of people that's hurting I want you to remember, Bud and Dorothy's son David, I want you to remember a lot of our people that's not been here in a while, and some of them are hurting and sick, And uh, but God has still been good to us, and I praise God for his presence this morning. Uh, if you got your Bible, I want you to turn, if you will, I want you to turn to Leviticus, one of those chapters you hardly ever go to, one of those books you hardly ever go to, but I'm going to start there for a something that I want to talk about. Number one, how many knows God's way is right? Did you know the world's having a hard time with God's way? You know our world is so, uh, they've decided that that's old fashioned, they don't need the old ways, they don't need the old paths. I'm going to talk more tonight if I'm here about the way that God has made. But this morning, God put something different on my mind, but I wanted to start about the way, but I also want to read one scripture. It says in Deuteronomy 27, 10, thou shalt therefore obey the voice of the Lord thy God and do his commandments and his statutes, which I command thee this day. Now, I'm, I'm going to say that to you because I want you to hear something. Number one, and you all know what I'm talking about, obedience. Obedience is a great thing. Can I tell you what's wrong with our churches today? And I ain't throwing everybody under the bus but bus. You know what? We all have our problems with obedience. God has called churches, and God has called churches. You see that in Revelation the, The uh, second and third chapter when Jesus addressed the churches. How many knows they had problems and he told them to repent? And when he told them to repent and hear his word, he began to work on them because God's working on all of us. And number one, one of the hardest things for every one of us to do is be obedient. We have the hardest time being obedient. You know, you can tell, your boss can tell you how to do something or tell you which way. My mother had her own way of doing it. My my sisters and brothers can tell you. She had the way that she wanted it done. If you don't do it her way, you ain't done it the right way. I don't care if you got it done or not. How many knows? Mamas know. Mamas know how to tell you how she wants it done, and she's got a purpose behind it. God has, is perfect in his way. How many knows that? And if God is perfect in his way and God wrote down his laws and God wrote down his commands, how many knows all he expects you to do is obey him? Now, if you have a hard time with that, it's probably why you don't want to read the Bible. Because DJ got on about reading your Bible. If you don't have a relationship with God, it's because you don't want to hear his opinion. Did you know our nation don't want to hear God's opinion? Our leaders don't want to hear God's opinion. Our forefathers would be turning over in their grave because they used the Bible all the way through to teaching children. But today, we're not allowed to mention that. We're not even allowed to bring that up as part of our history. And we've become so educated and so technical that we all of a sudden decided we don't need God's Word. It's old. But I'm going to tell you something. other. God's Word is not only the truth, because God don't have to fix it. It's a book that's written that's perfect. But can I tell you some Judgment's coming, and God's Word will be there. And you know what we'll be judged on? obedience and disobedience now let's put it all in a nutshell You can give yourself a thousand excuses. We as ministers today, the ministry is going around coming up with their own way, their own way of doing it. Oh, yeah, some of them were actually anointed and called by God. But they have decided their ego got too big. Their pride got too big. I'm making too much money. Let's go this way. The persuasion is go this way. More people will fill the church. And all of a sudden, they've got disobedient to the call because you cannot step on what God has said for you to do. You're accountable to what God has said. I am accountable as a minister to speak the truth. And if I don't speak that truth, guess what? I'm going to stand before God just as sure as I know my name. Just as sure as I know He saved me. Just as sure as I read this Bible, I'm going to be accountable if I ignore what God has said to me. I don't mean that I do everything right either. But I'm going to tell you something. Randy, I have a hard time looking at that Bible and then turning around and like I'll just do it my way. But there's a lot of ministries doing that today. And I'm going to tell you something. They're in trouble and they don't already realize. The enemy's pulled a little blindness over their eyes. He's pulled a little white sheet over what they think they're doing. And do you know that God is looking on? Do you know that God knows what his word says? I thought about Noah this week. Noah was somebody that God told to build an ark. Ain't that something? That's a strange, time, a strange thing for somebody to have to do even then. That's, that was a strange thing. It hadn't rained. want he building an ark. He told him to build the ark, and guess what it says? And Noah did what God told him to do. Let me. T- I'm trying to put it in a nutshell. You're accountable to do what God's told you to do. I don't care who you are. You, you don't have to be me. DJ, you said it. Ain't hey, none of us got to fit in somebody else's shoes, but the shoes that God showed you and everything God has given you in life and put before you, you are accountable to say, God, you gave me this. You've opened my eyes to see, Anna. He's opened your eyes to see. Now you're accountable to say, I can't walk away and say, I don't know better. I know now. I know I'm accountable what God has said to me. It's a tough thing to deal with. Do you know way back in Leviticus, God had started the sacrificial system. He had started it where they had to bring animals to get their sin. They had to bring it to the priest, the high priest, and the priest would take and do a sacrifice, and he would sacrifice the animal, and you, if you were bringing an animal, one of yours, something that cost you, you would have to bring a a perfect animal, and you would put your hand on it and they would cut its throat because the life of that innocent lamb was paying for your sin. God required it. How many knows when God wrote down those laws and those commands to his children, he expected them to follow through with it. And you know what? He come to a place where he got tired of the sacrifices. Why? Because people were just going ahead and doing the ritual But their heart wasn't really changing. They quit listening to the voice of God. But in Leviticus, the ninth chapter, if you've got your Bible, I want you to hear this. I'm going to read something about Aaron. It's the last three verses of of the ninth chapter. It says, And Aaron lifted up his hand toward the people and blessed them, and came down from offering of the sin offering and the burnt offering and the peace offering, And Moses and Aaron went into the tabernacle of the congregation and came out and blessed the people, and the glory of the Lord appeared unto all the people. Listen to this. The glory of the Lord appeared to the people. How many knows God's not just dealing in ritual? You might think when you look back at the Old Testament, That all of this uh, formality and all of this sacrifice was everything had to be done by the, and it was. It had to be done as God said do it, including the making of the tabernacle. Everything had to be in its place. The priests had their job and they better do it the way God said do it. But it says here, the glory of the Lord appeared to all the people. Why did it appear? Because when you have a tabernacle, when you have a temple, and you know know this because when God said establish that temple, he was figuring on coming down and meeting you there. Listen to what I'm telling you. See, we can come to an altar and we can meet God. We can go to our knees and cry out to him, and he's openly, you know, he's there. He'll answer you. If you cry from your heart, God's going to hear you. But at that time, they had to go through the ritual. But when they did it right, when the priests did their job, when the people come with a heart broken and was trying to repent of what they had done wrong, and they sacrificed that lamb, guess what? God showed up. It wasn't just the priests lit the fire, and it wasn't just the priests that said, let's flame the fire and make it look good. We flame the fire sometimes in the church, try to make it look good. But the real truth is God knows where you're at obedient wise and disobedient wise. Am I wrong? I'm telling you the way I know it is. And I'm not talking about Old Testament, I'm talking about New Testament. I'm talking about you that know you have the Spirit of God, and yet you turn around and ignore what God is saying to you. You don't want to be convicted about what God... That's why, DJ, they don't want to look in the Bible. I don't want to look myself when I'm guilty. But I know it's true. When God convicts me, it's my place to repent. Listen to the last verse, 24. And there came a fire out from before the Lord, and consumed upon the altar the burnt offering and the fat, when which when all the people saw, they shouted and fell on their faces. I'm going to tell you something. We ought to fall on our face when the Spirit of God shows up. When he shows up to forgive, when he shows up and he shows up in our presence, we don't deserve his presence, but we invite him to come in. And, we, and It ain't because we're a good people. It's because he wants that relationship. He wants us to have a heart that's broken and says, God, I need you. I want to be where you want me to be. I want to be an obedient child of God. But it says here that the fire came out from before the Lord. When you look at where the brazen altar was, the brazen altar is on the outside of the Holy of Holies. When they done the sacrifice, they did the sacrifice. And after the sacrifice, the fire that came from the Lord, it says, came out of that tent and whoosh. You know what that tells me? God accepted that sacrifice. Hallelujah, God accepted it. When the fire flamed up, the people fell on their faces. Why? Because God showed up. We need God to show up. But all we have to do is be obedient to what he has called us to do. Listen to me. I'm not telling you what you're called to do. I'm telling you what I know God tells me, to, and i got to be obedient to it. Whether you think I'm doing the right thing, wrong thing, I could probably sit and say, well, you know, I wouldn't do it that way. But the real truth is, you don't walk in my shoes. God knows right where I'm at. And he's got still a lot of work to do on me. I don't know about you, but he's still working on me. And I keep saying to myself, Bobby, I'm going to get better. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And the time keeps going by, and the old body says, no, you ain't going to do nothing. But I keep fighting it because I know. Inside of me, there's something that says, get up, get up, praise me, get up, do what I can do. Look at the next chapter, the next verse, Leviticus 10, two sons, and Nadab and Abihai, Abihu, whatever you say, Abihu, 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 I don't know where he got that at, Abihu, the sons of Aaron. Here's Aaron, the high priest, just established as the high priest, and he is over the sacrifice. Now it says his two sons, the sons of Aaron, took either of them his censer and put fire therein and put incense thereon and offered up strange fire before the Lord, which he commanded them not to do. Wow. Here's two sons of Aaron, your sons. Maybe it was your sons. But these two sons that had been called to work in the high priest area, they were called to work under their father in the priestly area. Now listen to me. There ain't none of us. It's all personal. God knows your heart. I don't go to heaven on my daddy's skirt. I don't go to heaven on my mommy's skirt. I walk with Jesus or I ain't going to make it. And you'll have to walk with Jesus. I love my parents. They were good examples of good, godly people that didn't claim they knew everything. They only knew Him, but they taught us to walk with Him. They taught us to know Him ourselves. And I think about that a lot. But it says here these two sons risen up. And I think when I read that, Bobby reminds me what's going on today. Somebody's offering strange fire. Somebody's doing some strange stuff in the church house and calling it the blessings of God. And I'm going to tell you something, God's not pleased with it. He ain't happy. You know what? I feel better. Can I tell you something? My hip feels better. I don't know. why. I've been, I've been able, able to walk, but I feel better right now. And I ain't throwing no attention on me. But can I tell you, I, you know what? I feel good. Because I know God is telling us something. Amen. Praise God. They're offering strange fire today. And the people that they're leading wrong, they're accountable to. Listen to what I'm telling you. And I'm not boasting our church, you know. We got to fight this fight, the faith that led to the last breath we take. You can go somewhere else and somebody will sing better. Somebody will preach better. Somebody will say things the way you like them. But I'm going to tell you something. We're after God to have his way and his presence to be in this service. And we ain't going to change for nobody on that. But he goes on to say, Strange fire which he commanded them not to do. And there went out a fire from the Lord and devoured them. Talking about the two sons. And they died before the Lord. That's pretty hard, isn't it? That's pretty hard. Aaron's two sons just got zapped. You know, the fire came back again because God's fire will not only bless and purify, but it'll also judge. Hear what I'm telling you. It's coming. There's judgment coming on what's happening today. You might think we're getting away with it. You might think God might be happy with us. We're just letting it go fly by, and everybody's happy, and our church has got money. Well, let me tell you something. Look out, because everything you talk about is temporary. We're going to stand before the God that gave us this grace and this mercy, gave us this truth. He goes on to say, It says in verse three, then Moses and Aaron, then Moses said to Aaron, this is that the Lord spake, saying, I will be sanctified in them that come nigh me, and before all the people, I will be glorified. And Aaron, listen to me, moms and dads, he held his peace. Aaron didn't say a word. His two sons just got struck dead because they offered strange fire. They did it the wrong way, and he knew it. God struck them dead. You say, That's a horrible story. Why would you tell us that story? I want to tell you how serious it is to be obedient to what God says, do. I want to tell you how important it is that you hear the voice of God, that you know what God is saying to you in this word. Somebody said it this morning. They said it yesterday. You go through times when you're just like a baby in Christ. You don't know much. You keep showing up. You keep thinking, oh, this Bible's way over my head. I showed up many times when the Bible was way over my head. But can I tell you, the longer I stayed, the longer I listened, Anna, the longer I got it, all of a sudden God began to show me how to hold on to him. How to dig in a little deeper. How to understand things a little better. And now I'm standing in front of you. And know what am I supposed to do here? Tell you a lie? I ain't going to tell you no lie. I'm going to tell you stick with what God's saying. I'm going to tell you if it takes your whole lifetime to learn this word. Keep working at it. God's going to grow in you. He's going to show you things that you thought you would never see. Another story, First Samuel the thirteenth, fifteenth chapter. I'm going to read first. If you got your Bible, turn First Samuel fifteen. Who am I talking about? I'm talking about Saul and Samuel. Now I going to tell you something. I want you to hear this. I'm not going to spend long on it. Saul was the first king. People wanted a king. God gave him Saul. Saul was told by God, he was anointed by God, he was sent out by God. Sounds like a lot of ministries today. They're called, they're sent out, they start well. Saul seemed to start well, but all of a sudden, so 1 Samuel 15, look at verse 18. Listen to what Samuel says. And the Lord sent thee on a journey, talking to Saul, And said, go and utterly destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, and fight against them until they be consumed. What does that mean to you and me? Get rid of the evil in front of you that God says get rid of. When God sent Saul to destroy the Amalekites, it wasn't Saul was passing judgment on them. It was God passed judgment on them. You can argue all you want to. You can say God's cruel. You can say whatever you want to. But I can tell you right now, you better leave it in God's hands. Because you ain't going to make it yourself unless God's grace is upon your life. But it says here to destroy them until they be consumed. Verse 19 of 15 Samuel, 1 Samuel. He says, Wherefore then didst thou not obey the voice of the Lord? Listen to what Samuel, he's telling Saul, you did not obey what God said to you. Pretty straight up, ain't it? And he says to him, but you did fly up on the spoil and did evil in the sight of the Lord. And Saul said to Samuel, Saul begins to make excuses just like we do. Saul began to excuse himself. He says to Samuel, yea, I have obeyed the voice of the Lord. I've gone the way that the Lord sent me. And I have brought Agag, the king of Amalek, and have destroyed the Amalekites. But the people took the spoil, the sheep and the oxen, the chief of the things which should have been utterly destroyed, to sacrifice unto the Lord thy God in Gilgal. He made an excuse, didn't he? It wasn't my fault. I did what you told me. I destroyed them. But the people wanted to bring those animals back to offer sacrifices to God. Let me tell you something. God's not pleased when you alter what he tells you to do. I'm trying to say something very simple. This is not a complicated uh, lesson. I'm just trying to tell you something that I know God's saying to me. And he goes on to say in verse 22. And Samuel said, hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice. How many, here's what I just said. Quit making excuses of all the things that you've done for God and how that makes you better than anybody else. Let me tell you something. God loves obedience. He don't want to hear about your sacrifice. He already sent his son to sacrifice to win people to him, to bring people to the Father. And all he's asking us to do is pick it up and go after it. Don't give me all this, I did what I did and I'm good at it. You ain't good at it. God's good at anything you got. And if he don't bless what you're doing, guess what? You can be the sower, you can be the reaper, but i tell you right now, it's God that does the increase. Hear what I'm telling you. He says, for rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he hath also rejected thee from being a king. Wow. You know what? He lost his place. We'll lose our place if we mess with God. God loves you. He's trying his best, but he's going to salvage you. He's going to do his best to reach out and help you. Don't get big. There's so many ministries getting big that I almost wonder, what are you doing? You're on the YouTubes. You're on computers all over the place. They're showing your riches. They're showing your flair. They're showing your, your puff. But who's getting saved through them? Who's actually falling upon their knees and saying, oh God, I need you. It ain't watching TV, I promise you. You need to come where God's dealing with you. You need to get on your face and say, Lord, I want your presence, and I want to be worthy to stand in your presence. I want you in me. I want you around me. I want your word in me. I want to be obedient to what you've told me to be. Back in 13th chapter when Samuel first started dealing with Saul, he said, But now thy kingdom shall not continue. The Lord's verse, it's verse 14 of 1 Samuel 13. But he says, But now thy kingdom shall not continue. Talking to Saul, he said, The Lord hath sought him a man after his own heart. And the Lord had commanded him to be captain over his people. Because why? Why, Saul? Let me tell you why, Saul. Because thou hast not kept that which the Lord commanded thee. How many, here's what I'm saying. You know what? I'm I'm supposed to be the pastor here. You could probably give me 50 things that if you was a pastor, you'd do better. Can I tell you something? It doesn't matter. I have to do what God's telling me. And I don't measure up in some areas. Guess what? God's going to deal with me. God's going to work on me. Sometimes I make my body my excuse. Sometimes I'm tired. My old body wants to sleep. Sometimes I'm just plain lazy. Yeah, not you, huh? (laughs) But can I tell you something? We said this morning, turn your TV off and talk to God. Listen, don't listen to what the bad news is. Don't listen to what the enemy's doing. Listen to what God wants to tell you that, what to do. Because he has given us the power to change things. We represent him to go out into this world and stand against the evil. Yeah, they ain't going to like you. The devil's going to fight you with everything you've got. He's going to fight you, your family, your children. But I can tell you right now, there is only one way. There is only one path. It's through Christ. I'm going to skip into something you probably never, probably don't want to hear, but I'm going to get in. it. In the Acts, the fifth chapter, I want you to go to the fifth chapter of Acts just for a minute. This the New Testament. I ain't talking about the old stuff. See, God established that sacrificial system, and he set it up that you will obey how I tell you. You'll not only build it right, but you as priest, will act right. You will do it right. You will purify things. You will do all those things. There was not allowed them to take their censer, go out and get a fire from somewhere else and bring it to the brazen altar and pour it in there and stir up the fire. See, that's what I see going on today. People are going out and get some kind of strange fire, and they're throwing it in the gospel and saying, oh, look how, look how flaring we are. Look at the flamboyancy going on in our church. And I'm thinking, you know what? It's a stinking God. He don't want to smell. Did you know they used to take that fire, and they would pour the incense over it, and it was a beautiful fragrance that went to God. Listen to what I'm telling you. When you sacrifice, when you sacrifice and you bring yourself to God and say, God, I'm sorry, don't you know that's a sweet smell that's going up to God? Don't you know he gave his son to die for you? And don't you know when you repent of your sins, that's why he let him die for you? So you would be able to come to him and a sweet smell. All heaven's rejoicing over the souls that come to him a sweet smell is going up. Why it glorifies the son and everything that he stood for. Everything the father sent him for. Acts the 5th chapter. I want to read first few verses. It says, but a certain man named Ananias and Sapphira, his wife, sold a possession and kept back part of the price. His wife also being privy to it and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. Listen to what I'm telling you. This man and his wife, this is the beginning of the gospel. This is the beginning of the pouring out of the Holy Spirit. This is the beginning of saying, okay, now I've come into the church. Let me show you what I'm good at. Let me show you what I can do. We have to wait on God, don't we? See, this man and his wife decided It'll look awful good when we give so much money. But we'll lie about it. They won't know the difference. Listen to what I'm telling you. God expects you to do what's in your heart by the right way. God's watching. You you can cheat on your taxes. You can cheat on anything you want to. But I'm going to tell you something. God knows exactly who you are. I know. Don't bring it up. Don't bring it up. Don't want to hear about it. But it says here, verse 3, But Peter said to Ananias, Why has Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost, to keep back part of the price of the land? While it remained, was it not your own? And after it was sold, was it your own power to do what you wanted with it? Why hast thou conceived this thing in thine heart, Thou hast not lied unto men, but unto God. Let me tell you something. People are are lying to God. They may deceive the church people. You may have a big ministry, but can I tell you, look out if you're lying. Look out if God knows who you are and the deception that's going on. I ain't going to tell you some sad story for you to give more money. I'm not even going to mention it. I'm not going to bring it up. God didn't call me to do that. He called me to tell you what God's word says. And I can't weigh off of it. I can't do it for my own personal gain. I can't do it for filthy lucre. You can find it all in, throughout scripture. It's been talked about. But it says here, the last verse I'm going to read. Verse 5, and Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and gave up the ghosts, and a great fear came on all them that heard these things. See, you think God just struck people dead in the Old Testament? I'm going to tell you something, they were struck dead right here. He was, and when his wife came in, and Peter asked her the same questions, and she was she, he knew already she was guilty, but he gave her the opportunity to say, I repent, I'm sorry. Never, never came out of her mouth. She went right along with the lie, right along with the plan. And she also was struck dead. Now you say that's a horrible story for a New Testament story. How many knows that's the beginning of the Holy Spirit. It's the beginning of the work of God. And God is serious about treating His holy presence right. You keep playing a game with God's presence and act like you can stir it up yourself, look out. You think you can give and make people glorify God, look out. Your giving is not what it's about. It's you being obedient in your heart, saying, Lord, I'm just going to do what you told me to do. I'm not trying to impress nobody. Just going to be obedient. I'm just going to serve you the best that I know how. And if you increase me, then I'll do better. I'll do more. But you don't have to impress nobody. All you got to do is impress him. Press him that you're walking with him. Praise God. Romans, the first chapter. I'm almost done. Verse 28. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind. To do those things which are not convenient, that means not fitting, And being filled with all unrighteousness, listen to this: all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud. Sound like we're watching the news, don't it? Proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents. Uh, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, who know, listen to this, who knowing the judgment of God, listen to what I'm telling you, they know God's a true God, and if God judges righteously, they're in trouble. How many knows they expect God to judge righteously? When you go to court with somebody, you expect there to be righteous judgment. Especially if you're a victim. You expect somebody to say, hey, wait a minute. You did wrong. You're accountable. There's a law. Now, you know what? I'm I'm all about mercy and grace. But I can still tell you, there's got to be some justice. And God's going to bring the justice. But it says here, who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit these things are worthy of death, they not only do the same, but they have pleasure in them to do them. If that don't describe our life, if that don't describe what's going on in our world, they not only want the freedom for everything going on in the in the schools, in the TVs, they don't want no laws to stop them from doing anything and being anything they want to be. They not only don't want to stop it, but they take pleasure in watching others. How many knows those were in trouble? How many knows God's word says he's coming? He's coming. You ain't got to worry about me. I'm not going to get a, a, a gun and go out there and shoot everybody that's acting up. You know what? I'll pray for them. I might even smack them, but I ain't going to shoot them. I don't take a life. I don't try to take a life. I'll defend myself the best I can, defend my children, my family. But I can tell you that's something. God's going to bring a judgment on this. He's true. He's just. We ought to be praying, oh, God, we need your presence. Oh, God, help us to be obedient to your call. Because if we don't stand in the gap for someone, you know, they grandson sung the song, it matters what I do. It matters to whoever that sees it matters what I do. I don't have the freedom to say, I'll just walk away and let them swim for themselves. No. God has showed me too much. God has showed you too much. You'll never, ever find hope or happiness walking away from God. In the second chapter of Romans, verse 21, Thou therefore which teaches another, and teach not thyself. Thou that preachest a man should not steal, does thou steal? Thou that sayest a man should not commit adultery, does thou commit adultery? Uh-oh. Now we're digging at people in the church. Because the world don't tell you not uh, not lie. They don't tell you to cheat. They tell you to get away with what you can get away with. But the, world, the church world is supposed to be telling you this, that you should uh, really practice what you preach. I mean, here's what I'm saying. Now, you know what? I'm not, I'm not going to search your, I'm not going to stare at you until you, you fess up. You're on your own. But you know God. And you know what he requires. Don't preach that others ought to do better when you won't do better. That's what's wrong with the Pharisees' righteousness. They wouldn't tell everybody else how to do it, but they wouldn't do it, lift their finger to do it themselves. Down in Ephesians, the fifth chapter. There's three verses there. Becky, you can come back up. It says, for this you know, verse 5 of Ephesians 5. Listen to what Paul says. For this you know. Listen to this, how clear this is. No whoremonger, no unclean person, no covetous man, which who is an idolater, hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no man deceive you with vain words, for because of these things comes the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. How I many those Paul's talking to the Ephesian church? He's talking to the people, and he's telling them, guess what? God's coming back against the wrath of God, against children of disobedience this is going on all over this is going on in our world it's going on at your own maybe at your home maybe at your workplace I know it's going on in our schools I cannot believe the lies that they tell in the schools they cover everything I'm sorry If you're a teacher I'm sorry you're there I I would hope that you could rise up and stand against them but the real truth is I'm shocked at what they try to tell our children is okay. I think every adult that says that ought to be put in jail right off the bat. And I'd like to be the judge. Is that bad? Let me tell you something. I hate those that, that go after little children. God says you'd be better off tie a stone around and throw them in the, in the ocean. You'd be better off throw them in the sea when they're hurting these little children. That's child abuse, what they're teaching. It says, Let no man deceive you because of these the wrath of God comes. It says, Be not ye therefore partakers with them. Let me tell you something, it ain't hard. Just don't partake with them. It's sad you got to tell people that. It's sad that you got to say, Quit voting for those things. Stop going to the poll and saying, but my kid will get some kind of free something, so i got to vote for the school levy. When the school levy is taking your children and teaching them garbage and won't give you an opinion about it. In fact, they'll fight you tooth and nail. You say, you're terrible. Yeah, I am. I mean, I could just tell you I didn't like school, so I don't care about school. But that ain't really the truth. I'm worried about our children, worried about what they're deceiving and telling. I'm worried about the lies. People that have God's gift of a child to come into this life. It may come the wrong way. You might have done everything the wrong way. But can I tell you, when it gets here, you'll see something God was trying to show you. And when you see it, fall in love with it and pray for it every day. Because the enemy's out to destroy it. The very gift that God gave you to help you get better. Help you see clear what God cares about. 2 Thessalonians 1.7 It says, To you who are troubled, rest with us. When the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them, that know not God, that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall be punished with an everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord. Whoa. You know God's going to separate you from His presence. Do you know that's what judgment's going to be? You won't be able to come to church and say, pray for me, I want to do better. You won't be able to come and say, Lord, give me one more chance when God comes back and judgment's set. There won't be no more turns. There won't be no more church with the door open and the Spirit of God reaching out and putting His arms around you and telling you He loves you. You got opportunity today to find your way to Him. You can set it aside. You can say, I'll put it off to a better day. You may not have another day. Years ago, We had three people killed, left here. The conviction of the Spirit was all over the place. My dad preached a sermon. Three people left here, and they lived about two hours after that. Somebody ran across the line. There was five in the car, killed three of them. You say, that's terrible. I didn't judge them. I didn't try to put nobody in heaven or hell. But I can tell you something, the Holy Spirit was moving that day. Something happened. It was like a shock to the whole church. You don't know what your tomorrow is. You have no idea how long or how many times God will say, I know where you're at. I love you. And I'm calling you to my side. Please get closer to me. I need you closer to me. I want to protect you. I want to show you how much I love you. I want to show you how to walk this walk. I've got down many times, even as a pastor, and say, Lord, teach me how to pray. Teach me how to walk. Teach me how to live this Christian life better. Because, see, I know it's not me. It's got to be him in me. And I sometimes feel like he's just a little bit far away. And I need him. second corinthians last verse second corinthians verse 10 or chapter 10 verse 5 it says casting down imaginations and every high thing and exalting self against the knowledge of god and bringing listen to this bringing into captivity every thought uh-oh you mean i'm not free to think what i want do what i want you mean pornography's not okay with me that's not free for me to just watch It's not free for me to turn it on on the TVs and on the Internet. Do you know God's dealing with you? Is God dealing with you? He deals with me. He deals with me in any area. It says, bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. we got to get obedient to Christ. If, If the Holy Spirit and Christ in you is telling you, get away from that, get away from it. The enemy setting a trap. And having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience. Don't you get mad when you fail, God. Don't you get mad when you, you want to take revenge on that disobedience that you did. It says here, to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Lord, the best way I can beat my disobedience is be obedient from this day forward. I can't change one thing I did yesterday. But I can tell you right now, as God convicts me, I can walk with Him. Everybody stand, if you will. There's a scripture. it's It's in Psalm 66. Something you've heard all your life. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Let me hear what I just said. If you think you can carry your disobedience and your sin in your life, listen to me. God will not hear you if you hold to that sin. You have to come to the place where you say, Lord, convict me of whatever thing. David said it. Search me, O Lord. See if there's any wicked way in me you know what? We need to search ourselves daily. We need to to worry where the presence of God is Monday through Friday, not just Sunday. You know, sometimes I'm sitting at the house. I was sitting out on the porch the other day, and I was trying to listen to our podcast, listening to Randy preach. All of a sudden, he said something. And Randy, I'm sorry, but I had to turn you off because all of a sudden the Holy Spirit was there and he began to just put his arms around me and tell me he loved me. I felt God's presence and I didn't want nothing to get in the way of it. I wanted to feel him hold me. I wanted to talk to him while he was there. Don't have to be Sunday. Don't have to be in prayer here. Anytime you want to talk to God, don't you understand? He wants to talk to you more than you talk to Him. He loves that communion with you. Bring yourself to Him. Take yourself out of this this thoughts that's leading you in the world. Bring them before God. Cast them before God. Say, God, I can't do this without you. You've got to help me. God, he'll help you. He'll be in you and he'll begin to flood your heart, your life. While they sing something, if you need to pray, you come.
1: I was saved